Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. It is good to be back. It's been a little while since we've been here. In fact, it has been since last year since we've had a Shouts of Grace. So let me start off by saying Happy New Year. And also let me just tell you a little bit about the expectations here, what I'm hoping to accomplish, at least to start off the year, and what the goals are going forward. Well, the goals are going forward is that, of course, is Shouts of Grace that we will be connecting you to the Word of God, of course, connecting you to the Word of God uh, by by being in the Word of God, and the goal is to be in the Word of God. You should have a goal to be in the Word of God every single day, but the goal for Shouts of Grace is going to be through the, the month of January. I'm going to set it on five days a week, but I want to get back to that six days a week, Monday all the way through Saturday, and of course, uh, that that's the goal. But I, I believe in January, just kind of looking at the calendar, I had better just go and say that we're going to be shooting for five days a week, taking Sunday and Monday off. Uh, but if you get some Mondays in there, that's just a little bit of an extra bonus. Uh, we're also continuing on with our second Timothy study, which we had uh, put on pause there over the Thanksgiving season and, of course, over the Christmas season. But we have made it all the way through chapter two, and now we're going to be starting chapter three today. And this is actually going to be the 23rd installment here through Second Timothy. So we're going to be uh, continuing to go through Second Timothy in kind of this this verse by verse type. Um, type looking at this. We're going to actually try to make our way through five verses today, but we'll probably also be uh, really focusing tomorrow on verse five of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5 there. Uh, but we're going to try to make it as far as we can here in the time that is permitted. Our, the goal is to kind of hit within that 10 to 15 minute range, and chances are we're probably going to be going into that 15 to 20 minute range, but it's good to set our goals anyway. So happy new year, and let's get to it. Let's open up the word of God. Let's read 2 Timothy chapter 3, and it says this, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for the fo their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in, uh, to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 
But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus." All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We're going to be starting off this morning, and we're going to be looking at those first five verses. Uh, We're probably going to be looking once again at these five verses tomorrow, but I really want to get through this long list that it has here, and there's really no easy way to go and to break up this list, but to just take it as a chunk. And it goes and it says this, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And I want to stop there for just a minute, because we do need to understand that we, whether we are in the the last, last days or whether we are just in the last days as as what the apostles believed and what they were going and saying, and, and they were looking for the return of Jesus, there is one thing that I know for certain, that we are closer today to the return of Jesus Christ than what we were yesterday. And one of the things that we do need to understand is that perilous times will come. Perilous times will come. In fact, there are many things that we could look out about our lives and we could say we are in the midst of perilous times. Now, I will tell you that every generation since since the, the apostles, since Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, they looked out and they saw that they were in perilous times as well. So I'm not coming out here and making a guarantee that Jesus is coming back tomorrow. I'm not making any kind of a statement like that. But I do want us to realize that we probably are in perilous times simply because the world that we live in is not for sissies. A sin-cursed world, being a Christian specifically, well, or not a Christian, either one, it's, it's really not for sissies. Life isn't for sissies. That's the reality of it. And because of that, we can say that we live in perilous times. But I do think that we will see a lot of similarities to our culture and to what this list is going to be. Now, once again, that doesn't mean Jesus is coming back tomorrow. He can come back. He can come back whenever he wants. But I want you to realize here that the reason that our culture matches up with this list is because we have the spirit of the age or what we might call the spirit of the Antichrist really running rampant in our culture. And we can really see this. Let's just look at this list, though, because this is this is amazing when you start to look at our culture. It says, first of all, for men will be lovers of themselves. Simply put, they will be selfish. Do we not live in a selfish time. Just just stop and think about our culture. You know, the first thing you could go into look at is the most popular type of picture. Now, I'm not anti-selfie, but it does say something when a selfie is the biggest kind of picture that is in our nation, that is in our culture. It says that there is a focus on self. You know, it's not portraits. It's not going out and taking pictures of others. It's not going and taking pictures of a beautiful landscape. It is, hey, look at me. I got duck lips, you know, and things of that nature. That is what is going on is the biggest type of picture that is in our culture today. And what is that going and saying? It says that we're a little bit obsessed with ourselves. 
We're just a little bit obsessed with ourselves. We think, hey, you're great, but I'm even better. We definitely check that box of being selfish lovers of self. But then also it says lovers of money. And this really means being fond of money. I don't know that there's ever been a time frame when people, you know, have not been fond of money, but I want you to also realize what our political system looks like today. Now, I'm not talking about all of the bribes that all of the legislators take, although we certainly could go and look that way. I'm talking about how people get others to vote for them. How do they get people to vote for them? Well, simply put, they go out and they say, hey, I'll give you free stuff. You want free stuff? I'll get you free stuff. Hey, I, I know you signed a contract to go and to say that you would pay this money to go and to learn this subject from these experts. But hey, you know what? I'm going to just forgive that loan, even though, you know, there, there's really no true foundational or basis. And I'm sorry you chose, you know, gender equality studies and there really wasn't any real jobs about that. But hey, that's the way it is. We're going to go ahead and forgive your loan for your bad decision if you vote for me. You know, that that is how people go and they get votes today. It's by going and motivating the masses with their fondness of money, with their fondness of free things. We truly live in a culture that is fond of money, that is lovers of money. Boasters, boasters here. I mean, can you think of a, a time when we have had less or excuse me, I should say more boasting, because you could think of a time when we've had less boasting. Uh, that's for certain. But one of the things that, that I think about, I'm a big sports fan, is going and looking at the celebrations. You know, it used to be that celebrations were quite a bit team centric. You know, you'd get excited. There'd be some fist pumps. It would be kind of natural e emotion. But now it has to be a production after somebody scores a touchdown. You know, it's not just going and giving high fives, jumping into your teammates, slapping them on the helmet. It, it, it's going in and doing some kind of a weird dance in front of the camera and doing all this stuff. And everybody's going to go and say, oh, come on, you're just against fun. No, I'm not against fun. But I think it really goes and says something about the culture we're in. It's this culture that says, look at me. I'm so great. I'm just so wonderful. Awesome me. And that's really a lot of the aspects of our culture. We are boasters and certainly proud. But then this next one here, it's, it's blasphemers. Blasphemers. You know, there, there was a point in time when we had blasphemy laws in the United States after the Declaration of Independence, after the Constitution, you know, after that First Amendment was written, people say it's, it's freedom from religion uh, is what the First Amendment goes and promises and guarantees. Uh, that couldn't be further from the truth. Perhaps we'll get into that at some point in time. We don't have time to really get into that, but we had blasphemy laws. In fact, there was someone who came out and they said, this was back um, in the 1800s, I believe, and they came out and they said that Jesus was essentially uh, illegitimate and um, the son of a whore. That's what they came out and said. Well, it started a public riot, and the man was then prosecuted because it started a public riot. He, he was then prosecuted for blasphemy, convicted and prosecuted uh, for, for blasphemy. And that was our, our civil government going and doing that. Well, today in Iowa, you get in trouble if you knock down a satanic idol because that supposedly is, is protected 
uh, to go and to put one up in our state capitol. That's not at all what our nation was designed to be, but it certainly does tell us something about our culture today, and that is that we are a blasphemous culture. We're a blasphemous culture. Then it goes and it says, without self-control, without self-control here, or excuse me, I skipped a little bit here. The next one is not without self-control. That's in verse three. The next one is disobedient to parents, disobedient to parents. You know, we, we live in a world where, I mean, children are so disobedient, but it's not just the children and looking at them. It's the culture in which we live. It breeds disobedience to parents. It really goes and it pursues that disobedience to parents. It teaches parents not to discipline their children or to discipline them in a biblical manner. If you come out and you say that you are for corporal punishment, I know for a fact what happens when you come out and you say that you're for corporal punishment because I had an article uh, that was published and ended up getting published in in um, USA Today, uh, and it was published all across the state of Iowa, probably all across uh, America, really, with being in USA Today. People come out and they say, oh, what a horrible person. And this was just really what was what I presented in this was, you know, if a child goes and reaches for a fire, reaches for a hot stove, you ought to be able to go in to pull their hand back and to smack their hand and say, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Now, now I believe you should spank your children. I really do believe that. The Bible tells us that we ought to spank our children. But that was the way that that I was being asked about. It it wasn't even a difficult really asking about uh, about in-depth kind of things. It was just on the simple surface level, the most common sense, well, duh. And, And people lost their minds over that. They lost their minds over that because we have a culture that is breeding, that is is really going and pushing for children that would disobey their parents, that would be disobedient children. The next two here, and I guess this is as far as we're going to be able to get here this morning, so we're probably going to spend an extra day here in this portion, but the next two are unthankful and unholy, or unholy, it could be translated as wicked. But unthankful, you know, we truly do live in an unthankful culture. I, I remember seeing, um, you know, a number of years ago, a meme that that said, only in America can you one day go and have a dinner giving thanks and the next day for giving thanks for all the things that you have and the next day trample people and kill them in order to go into to get the deal, which of course it was referring to Black Friday. It was referring to Black Friday, you know, the next day right there where all the deals used to come out. It's not so much that anymore. It's all kind of moved online for the most part. Uh, Black Friday is not as big of a deal uh, in the in-person kind of a shopping as what it used to be. I remember, you know, my mom going and leaving it, uh, you know, 10 o'clock at night on Thursday and going and shopping all day there that Friday and basically trying to get, you know, like 24 hours of shopping and straight and things of that nature, uh, you know, crazy stuff like that. But we really do live in a culture that is unthankful. We're unthankful. Once again, lines up with those perilous times and then unholy or wicked. 
You know, we do live in a wicked culture, a culture that has gone and, and has found every kind of sexual immorality and protected that and gone and attacked every kind of sexual obedience within uh, biblical realms. We've gone and, and demonized that in our culture. You go and you look at, at child sacrifice. You know, we can't spank our children. We can't go and have corporal punishment, but, but, but certainly innocent children who have done absolutely nothing wrong inside the womb, they they deserve capital punishment for their inconvenience to the mother. That's that's what our nation has come out. That's what our culture has come out and stated. We do live in those perilous times. And I just want to skip down to verse five. We're going to go over this a little bit more in depth the next couple days, but it says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then I want you to really look at this here. And of such people turn away. And of such people turn away. You know, those who are giving in to the spirit of the age, those who are lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. We're going to see more of these here tomorrow as to what they are. We're to turn away from. We're to turn away from those people. The influences that you allow in your life will dramatically impact your life. And it will really be the difference as to whether you get sucked into the spirit of the age, into the uh, into the degradation of our culture that we have, into this perilous times. And then the reality of it is, is that you will invite perilous times into your life if you do not turn away from these kind of people. If you invite these kind of people into your life, now I'm not talking about a um, an evangelistic uh, type relationship, but I'm talking about a a these are the people who influence me. These are the people who I'm getting advice from. These are the people who are whispering in my ear. These are the people I'm listening to. If you don't turn away from them, those who are described in this way, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, what's going to happen? You're going to be inviting perilous times into your life. If you want to avoid perilous times, which especially looking at this new year, that should be a resolution of yours. Avoiding perilous times. That sounds pretty good. Well, then what do you need to do? You need to turn away from these people. We need to turn away from these people. We're going to continue looking at what these people look like in the next couple of days. We're also going to look at what it looks like to turn away from these people. How does that look in my life? But that's all we have time for today. So thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may be able to observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Already begun Know that God's a
something, a miracle's coming, rejoice. 